Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C., This is a podcast from Minute Media. (laughs) It would be a wolf's fun, eh? Hello everybody, welcome to Wolves Fancast, sponsored by the 90 Min Network. Hope everybody is doing well after an opening day defeat to scummy Leeds United. Uh, I'm joined by Stu, Blake and Adam um, on this fine Sunday evening. How are we all doing, gentlemen? Not too bad. Yeah, all right. All right. <laughs> Ad, I, I saw you straight after the game on on the um, on the little concourse outside, and you looked a dejected figure. I don't know if that's because you were carrying Kim for about the last four <laughs> hours prior to that, but you um, you looked a figure of, uh, of disappointment, which I'm sure we'll talk about um, shortly. We've got an absolutely bumper show um, lined up today. So not only is we're going to discuss the Leeds um, result, but kind of breaking news over the last few hours really about one incoming and one it looks like outgoing for our fair club. So we'll, uh, all that's to come. But, Stu, I've seen you in the past drink uh, Ruddles. I know you like it cheap, but is there one thing better than cheap? I think it is, and I think it's when something's free. And the fan cast is offering something free to our fair listeners out there. Uh, you can win the new uh, Wolves home shirt or the Wolves away shirt this season. All you've got to do is follow Wolf Fancast, which I imagine half of you listening to this already do, and um, retweet the post on the Fancast Twitter page. Couldn't be any easier than that. It's actually daylight robber. We should have just given it away. But all you've got to do to win that shirt is follow Wolves Fancast and retweet the post. So go onto the Wolves Fancast Twitter page and uh, at Wolves Fancast, and you will be able to enter that competition. The win is going to be announced before the Fulham game, so not long to go before uh, you could win that prize. So, gents, talking about the lineup really seems a bit pointless because. There's absolutely no <laughs> reason talking about the lineup, but let's talk about um, the bench. Thank God it's the six weeks' holidays. Otherwise, we wouldn't have had a bench to play anybody, to be honest. But when the news broke of the team and you saw that bench, you've got to have thought to yourself, you knew it was coming, but it wouldn't have made the pain any better. Stu, what was your first thoughts when you saw it? <laughs> and a little giggle to myself. I mean, it, it was laughable. <laughs> I mean, there's, no, there's laughable, there's pathetic, there's all kinds of expletives you want to throw in there. I mean, it, 
it's got to be one of the worst benches in Premier League history of anyone. And you, you're talking even that even that shit derby team with Savage in, that's got to be on a par with that for bench strength. Because, I mean, yeah, look, we've got decent defenders on there, but for anyone to come on and change the game, you're looking at kids. And mm. for our fifth year in the Premier League, it's ridiculous, really. Absolutely. Ad, what about yourself? When you saw it, you must have been thinking to yourself, with the introduction of... Um, five substitutions and as Stu annoyingly pointed out, three opportunities to make those substitutions. You must be thinking to yourself, at some point in this game, that's going to come and bite us on the arse, surely? Yeah, I wanted to like uh, put Jeff in with the old Wild West wanted photo, like, <laughs> photo because it was criminal, basically. That, that, but I mean, I'm looking at it again now, just to remind, I don't know why, remind myself of the horror of it, but... Sarkic, Mosquera, Bolly, Cody, Ronan, Kundal, Hodge, Bueno, Campbell. I mean, I said it before, um, our bench and our team, squad, squad, whatever, was stronger the first day we got back in the, the Premier League under Nuno. And like we say, we're now five years in, and that's what we've got. <laughs> it is, quite frankly, it, it is embarrassing on, on a grand, grand scale. And he said it himself, he, he, he literally, he, he cannot bring anyone on to change that game at, at all. There's nothing, I know we've got a few injuries, but every, you know, everyone has injuries. Um, but yeah, it's frankly an absolute disgrace because he mm. literally, Bruno in that game yesterday, he literally had to just go with what he started with and, and that was it. And it's a down indictment really of where, of where we are and just this, this baffling, constantly baffling transfer strategy that... I'm sure that we'll get into a bit later on. Oh, but we will. Uh, Blake, I'm going to uh, I'm going to give you um, the first of I'm sure many bits of breaking news as the show goes on today. Um, Forest are edging closer to meeting Wolves' 40 million valuation of Morgan Gibbs White. What are your thoughts on that first of all, and what happens to an already depleted squad should uh, Morgan Gibbs White go? Well, this is the thing. I, I don't know what the heck we're going to do. I mean. Is Morgan Gibbs White really worth forty million quid? I mean, no. well, this is the thing. I mean, if they're willing to pay gangbusters money, I don't know how we reject it. But at the same time, we have no players. We have nobody. So I just don't know. I don't know why we didn't line up more players in the summer to just bring in, so that when these things happened, we could actually afford to get rid of players. But I just, at this point, I have no idea what we're supposed to do. Absolutely. I mean, we'll, I mean, it's, it's kind of come in a good way that we've got so much discussion to talk about when it comes to incomes and outgoing. So we can gently push this game under the carpet, but we are here to discuss the um, to discuss the results. So the crowd were in fine form opening day of the season, and things got off to a bang very, very quickly, um, almost too quickly, you might say. I don't know if anybody buys into that cliche of you can score too early in a game. Um, well, that being said, um, we got on the score sheet straight away. Pedence with the goal within six minutes. A Huang assist as well, which was quite a nice positive uh, to see there. Ad, first of all, can you score too early in a game? <laughs> we do need an old uh, cliche klaxon on the part. <laughs> we do, don't we? <laughs> yeah, you, would have, you would have had to have sounded it a couple of times then. Um, no, you can't score too early in the game. I, I, I don't personally buy into that that cliche, to be honest. I mean, what, what do you do if you're going to score? Do you turn around and kick it back to where you come from? <laughs> you don't, you don't <laughs> want to score yet. It just, it's just ridiculous. Um, but yeah, fair play. I mean, I, I probably not long got to my seat 
to be honest, before that goal, I probably got to my seat about two minutes before that happened because for some reason Leeds kept us outside the ground for a little bit and the stewards did. Um, but, um, yeah, I thought everything was all looking rosy. That then, to be honest, I think Neto, with, with a good bit of work on the touchline, getting the ball in. And I will give Huang his credit where it's due. It was a good, good cutback to Pedence. And do you know what? He couldn't have hit that shot any better the way he did because I don't think he would have got it in if he had made this sort of half connection that he did with it. Um, at that point, I thought, well, this is great. After 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 a bang, and I did think we'd just go and win because I did I didn't really put much stock in mm-hmm. in Leeds's team, or at least you know I did I thought we were, our first eleven is better than theirs, but um, obviously twas not um, to know what was to come next. No, absolutely. It, you know we started started quickly and got and got the goal, and you thought to yourself, "Ooh, change of style, change of formation." This are we starting to see the fruits of the preseason labour? Stu, you're a bit more of a realist. Um, sometimes I sway into the optimistic and then straight to the negative, but you're a bit more of a realist. What were you thinking when you were watching the game and then when we went one nil up? Did you think, right, we're going to kick on for a second or, you know, from when we equalize, uh, from when they equalised, which was only about 15 minutes later, the tide was already starting to turn almost straight away. What were your thoughts in the ground? I mean, I kind of more hope, I suppose, than expected that, like Pricey said, that because we had started so well, there was no reason, and that early on as well, there was no reason for us to change style and start sitting back, which is what what did us for the last three three and a half months of last season. Mm-hmm. So, and watching some of the few of the preseason games, we seem to be on the front foot a lot more. So I thought, well, okay, let's just keep this up then. And, and but it's like the change of formation, but it's like old habits die hard kind of thing. There's your cliche. Another one, uh, the cliche there, but it's, it kind of is that they started like, dropping back a bit, five, five meters, 10 meters to the point where you can just get hold of it. Just get yeah. hold of the, just get hold of the game and just bring it to them again. And then as soon as they started pissing about at the back, I mean, we'd already got away with one. I mean, the, you're, the so-called penalty, which, I think a few people looked around at each other thinking, how are we going to get away with this one at the time? Mm. Um, because, I mean, I, I first thought, first time I was in real play, I thought it was an, it was a Stonewall penalty. I still don't really understand why it wasn't given, other than the fact that the ball was had gone the opposite direction. And that it was similar to Pickford on um, Virgil van Dijk a couple of years ago. But I thought we got away with one there. Which you think, okay, this is a bit of a kick up the arse that you need, and it never happened. And then they started dallying on the ball, which inevitably led to the, that equaliser. Which was, you could blame Neves, you could blame like, Nuri. Start is massively at fault there, hmm. but it was just a catalogue of errors that we brought on ourselves from nowhere again. Yeah, I mean, Blake, I want to ask you a question. It was very, very evident that. Leeds were targeting Eight Nuri from from the off. Every single attack came down that side. He looked like he was between the devil and the deep blue sea, whether he had to get into the box to stop a cross, whether he had to go and mark the man who had the ball. And they targeted him every time. Now, I feel harsh for criticising the lad because he had 95% of the traffic that was coming from Leeds in the attacking. Do you think he could have done better to stop balls coming into the box? Or is it part of the rest of the team and the rest of you know his centre-back that's next to him to provide support? What were your thoughts on... On, on Ait Nouri getting targeted? 
Well, look, I mean, you could say it's on the team as much as you want, but at the end of the day, you have to do your job. And mm -hmm. look, I don't know if I would particularly fault Eight Nori by himself, mm -hmm. but he certainly didn't do all that he could have done. Okay. Yeah, I think that's probably fair. He was he was cutting a frustrating figure in the crowd. And I think sometimes you just want to say, just get it out. Just get it out. No, don't dick about with it in the box. Don't try to flick. Don't do this. Kilman did it later on in the game as well. Like sometimes you just want mm -hmm. old-fashioned defending and just get rid of it because um, it did feel like there was a reluctancy to just pull the trigger and hoof it out, which is sometimes um, what you need. And... And that then led us, um, unfortunately, to um, to the goal that we, we conceded, um, which we can see here, Rodrigo, um, never there, looking a uh, forlorn figure. But you mentioned a catalogue of errors, Stu. Talk us through Saab, because you're one of his biggest fans. You're definitely the leader of his fan club. What should he have done better there? Do you think it was one of those laps of concentration because it, you know, it beat him on his, on his near post at the time? Talk us through it. I mean, it's beating on his near post and it's beating low down, which is, I mean, <laughs> Blake's played in goal as, as probably more than I have at this point. But um, he just looks, he doesn't look match fit to me, which he's expected since he didn't really have a pre-season. Mm. And there was, I mean, at the time when he tried to dribble across his own goal line as well. <laughs> and you think, what are you doing? And remember when he, when he signed for us, I said that he's got, he, he will drop the odd bollock here and there because that's the kind of keeper that he is. And he, there was two or three last season like this that just inexplicably out of nowhere. I mean, he redeemed mm. himself later on in the game anyway, but he's, I mean, he, that, that kind of, he's going down with his hand where he's in that awkward, awkward position where you, you know, you're not going to get a hand, a strong hand on it. You should be going with your feet, but because yeah. of the way he is, he's a bit flamboyant. And I mean, you look at Schmeichel would have said, gone with his feet. The hair would have gone with his feet in that situation. Jose Sarr is a different beast and he does what he wants. And mm -hmm. I think this time around, he just got it horribly, horribly wrong. And there's no defending it. It's a complete fuck up. Yeah, I'd be keen to know from the people listening at home and the watching on YouTube, put it in the comments, who you think was more at fault for, for, for the goal, whether that be Neves, Ait Nuri or, um, or Sarr. Add from your point of view, what was your view of the goal? Is there anything that we could or should have done differently? Uh, well, for me, the architect it all was, was Ait Nuri, to be honest. I think... Um... I mean, look, he's tried, he's tried to be a bit clever, essentially. He's not probably the sort of defender who will just hoof it and smack it into row F and like mm -hmm. Ryan Bennett style, just clear lines. He'll want to be a bit more cultured than that. Um, and he's tried, he, you know, fair enough. If, if he comes off, he looks fine, then it's it, 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 it's great. But unfortunately, he's like done a Cruyff turn into, I think it was like basically two players, didn't he, essentially? Mm -hmm. And then just lost it straight away. And if, that, if he doesn't do that, or does something different, does clearer lines, then that does, you know, Saar doesn't fuck up then, does it really? Yeah. Um, so, you you know, you, you do a bit of the older root cause analysis and you find... Mm, that, we love that. You love a bit of that, a bit of RCA. And uh, you, you'll find that, that Aitnori, unfortunately, is at the end of that, unfortunately. Um, I mean, it is, it's, it's annoying. It, it's, it's really frustrating because it's an indent, it's down to just a purely one-off one individual error and then the tide of the game really kind of swung then. Um, but yeah, I agree. I'm disappointed with, with Saar. Um, I, I'd probably agree with Stu that, you know, the, the match up miss probably isn't there because he, he, he played, was it one game he played in pre-season? Yeah, yeah. 
So well, there you go. That's that's just that's just not a preseason, is it at all? So um, although they did, did make a good save later on in the game, let's let's be, let's be a bit balanced with him. But um, I think he'll be pissed off with that, just just as just as we are, given what we know he can do. Um, so it's a shame because we started well and we've effectively just handed that goal to them on the plate. Mm, we did. Um, I mean, as the half carried on, um, we ended the half pretty much. On is even, really. Uh, we had four shots on goal to Leeds is three. We had slightly more possession at 53%. But I certainly felt the tide was was turning in Leeds' favour as the half went on. Couldn't wait to get the teams in the tunnel. Um, Blake, what was your kind of feeling at half-time? What changes did you think needed to be made? Obviously not with the players on the pitch. because we Well, what changes on, can but, be made? I mean, this is but, the problem. Was, it, was there any <laughs> system changes? There was like a diamond in the middle from, from Leeds that just carved us wide open. The gap from about 30 yards either side or, or 15 yards either side of the of, of the centre spot was just dominated every time by a Leeds player. Um, and something had to change from that point of view. But what were you looking for at, at halftime for when the lads came out in the second half? <sighs> Anything. I mean, this is sort of the problem. <laughs> I mean, well, this is it. I mean, we, we just, we don't have anyone to bring on. I mean, we can change formation, but at the end of the day, I don't really know if that's what's going to help. I just wanted to see Wolves come out and actually play football, play our game, mm-hmm. uh, attack into the, the opposing half and actually do something. Now, we did actually come out and we did actually uh, attack. And for the first, what, 25 minutes or so, we actually looked pretty all right and it looked like that we were going to perhaps continue forward and maybe score a second goal, but we have no striker. So with no striker, we kind of have to rely on fluky goals like what Potence had scored. So Mm -hmm. it's just, it's a nightmare. It really is a nightmare because when we need to be able to change something up, bring on somebody else on, we just can't. And we have to rely on silly formation changes and there's no guarantee that that'll work. Mm. You're absolutely right. I, I tweeted um, after the game that it was so evident that we didn't have a natural goal scorer. We've got had goal scorers on the pitch. You know, we've had goals from 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 all of those front forward players. You know, in, in their Wolves career, but it never felt like we had a natural threat in the box. Someone that was just gonna. It very much felt like everybody wanted to lay off to somebody else for the final shot. Stu, that must have been frustrating for you. You know, seeing that we had all this lovely possession and play and we were passing it around lovely just outside the 18 yard line but then we never had nothing in the box uh, you know we had we had shots from outside that the keeper had routine saves must have been frustrating watching it i mean that that could have been said for the last two and a half years really <laughs> it's it, it's the wolves thing it, we it's all it looks nice on it looks nice to the eye until the final third and then post post roll's head injury We've that's been the kind of story of our, our seasons as they've gone on, and I don't think it was as glaringly bad and obvious that we weren't missing a striker yesterday as it was last season, even with Raul up there, because just because the way we the, the way we've kind of we've got into this rut as a team that we we won't put crosses in because he couldn't head the ball, um, we wouldn't play through the middle because no one can no one can shoot straight. So we've got into this kind of habit of getting almost trying to walk it in, almost trying to be like Arsenal-like the, the, the last few, few years ago, where you get into a dangerous situation and if you, you're not 100% guaranteed to score, you'll try and pass it around and pass it around and try and get the perfect goal. And it never works. And mm. 
that's what frustrated me more than anything yesterday because we thought, well, okay, I know we've got this problem and Huang is playing up there. And I thought, to be fair to him, that, that turn and shot where he, he bought it on, flicked it up with his right and hit it with his left. I thought that was really, that was unlucky. I mean, at least he got it on target. Um, and there, there was a, a few, I mean, Den Donker again, we'll get on to him, but it's, finishing's not his strong point, is he? And we know that. And he just gets, he's just unfortunately the one in the positions again when it counts and he can't do it. But it was just, it, it just stunk of the same thing over and over again that it has been for the last 18 months, two years. And it's more of it. We've changed system. We've changed personnel. And when we get to the final third, it just seems weird. And it, it, it seems more of a mental block than anything else now at this point. Yeah. I mean, I'd playing devil's advocate here. If Jimenez is on the pitch with the way that we played, does that game become comfortable? With, with how he seemingly had the bit between his teeth in pre-season, the amount of chances we were creating and the, and the style, with a recognised striker who we know can score goals, does that game play out any differently or, or is it still still a, you know, as, as frustrating as it was? Depends which Jimenez shows up. Mm. Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a, it's more likely that Dendonka's chance is put away if Jimenez, if Jimenez is on the end of that. How many other clear-cut chances did we have where he would have made a difference? I'm not sure, to be honest. Um, it, it's, it's great that Dendonk is getting in these positions. However, he is not and has never been a striker, so you can't bet bet the bottom dollar or bet your house on the, the fact that he's going to put mm. these chances away. He, he did with his head, with his head in, and he had, he had a good header tipped over later on in the game but the thing is with that specific chance as well is that that was quite literally on half time that chance and if it had yeah. gone in we're talking about a different game entirely mm-hmm. um, but uh, what can you do it is what it is it's, it's we, we, we don't have anyone else he he did well to get in the position he did and okay he didn't put it away he keeps made the save it could have been it could have been so much different but as we've already said the fact that we just do not have at the moment a natural striker up front. How, how many goals are we actually likely going to score in this game? In hindsight, now looking at it, you know, given what, given what we yeah, have, that's a fair point. Three, three number tens up front, essentially. Yeah. Well, I suppose four, but you know, it, it, it. I, I probably came into the game. I think my, my prediction, I think it was like two one. I think for the game, I probably just you know, and a bit of excitement that. The season was back, and I was just like happy to see a proper game. Uh, but on, in hindsight, when you think of it, you think, oh, really? That it was like a bit of misplaced optimism, given the fact that we are playing up front with no strikers. Yep. And then after all those chances, the sucker punch. It's one of the like thing is you know it's coming, don't you? You absolutely knew it was coming. We create all those chances, and just to make matters that little bit worse, it was. An eight Nurion goal that was, was ticked off at, just to make that little bit more of a kick in the knackers. So, um, you know, watching it, Blake, did you feel that the tide was turning or was this a completely out of the blue for you? Or was it just poetic justice for the way that we didn't put away our chances? It was coming. I mean, Leeds were having these chances where they were just floating the ball through the box. Typically, no one would get on the end of it, but they just kept doing it. And eventually, I mean, it was a bit of a weird play. Um, 
if ain't nori wouldn't have been there obviously it still would have been easily put home but it just felt like it was coming from miles away i think we all knew that if we weren't going to score during that 25 minutes of possession that we had we we just weren't going to win i mean i think part of the problem is obviously you don't have anyone to bring off the bench so i mean your back three is just going to be well back line is just going to be completely exhausted so I, i just it was not a surprise at all it really was not a surprise no, no. Yeah. I think we have to kind of give credit to the, the quality of the ball in was brilliant as well. And it, it managed to it managed to bypass both both Kilman and Collins. And I think there was a bit a bit of first game syndrome there with them because neither one of them wanted to commit to trying to cut the ball out. It's like no one called for it. And that that's gonna happen, eh? But I think the quality of the ball in was superb, to be fair. Just to just to get it right. Yeah, I don't think anybody's the the thing is it's it's the chances that we should have been creating. That's the most frustrating thing. Yeah. I did think I did think to be fair, from the crowd's reaction to it, it did feel kind of like a, everyone knew it was coming. If I'm being honest with you, it just felt like um it just felt like we knew it was coming. Uh, which was the most disappointing thing, really. Um obviously we we huffed and puffed and tried to um continue to attack and, and it didn't come off. Adam what are you going to do with that with that bench? I mean, he brought on Campbell, uh, and you know, he, what what can you even ask of of the lad? He's going to get drips and drabs this season, like this. And by the end of the season, there'll be some people that are writing him off purely because he's going to be asked to be the answer, much like Fabio Silva was asked to be the answer in a team that isn't giving him any service potentially. What could could Bruno have done anything any differently? Uh, no. No, could it? I mean, um, that was a bit of a. I'm sure that was a bit of a token sub, to be honest. Really, I mean, it's just just to bring somebody on, just bring someone on. I mean, at that point, Leeds had made their fourth sub at the 85th minute, and we made their their first one. And we, I'm, I'm sure we've all saw the stat um, over the weekend that naturally, <laughs> given our bench, we were at the bottom, we like the lowest team to make any subs. We made one sub compared to like all, you know, everyone else who made five, four, whatever. Um, because, you, you know, you can't do anything. I mean, who, who could, could we really have brought on Ronan? But what, for an, a, what, would, what would Ronan have offered that, you know, Pedence, Gibbs, White, Neto, you know, weren't already doing, I suppose. Uh should we, should we brought on Bolly, chucked him up front and just see what chaos he could have caused? I don't know, gone all the bit Stuart Pierce and bring Sarkic on up front. I don't know. But um, never know, and uh, the kind of unpredictable element. A bit of a, a bit of chaos is what we need. Um but yeah, until as we'll get into the transfer section of the show later, until until the cavalry comes, we've got fucking nothing. <laughs> <laughs> We will talk about that shortly. Uh, GB, Leeds fan here, coming peace. GB, I'll give you the chance to do a little write-up for me. I'd like to see how you thought the game um, played out. While we're discussing, we're waiting for you to just uh, type up how you, think, how you think things went on. In brief, I want to kind of talk about who shined and who stunk in the game. So, firstly, let's, let's do the nice bit first. Who do we think actually had a good game? I'm going to start because I will not accept Dendonka slander. I think apart from his obvious, obvious mixed got, uh, missed opportunity, he did all the boring and he did all the necessary stuff well, being a defensive menace in the middle. I thought he intercepted well. I thought he did the, the, the unsexy stuff pretty well. 
And I think that's what a lot of people have been crying out for, for, for him to actually do some, his defensive duties um, a little bit more. So I didn't, I didn't think he had a bad game. And I also thought, controversial, I didn't think Huang had a terrible, terrible game either. I thought he held the ball up well. And I thought he did what people expected him to do when he had a nickname of the bull. Stu, who did you think, who were you pleasantly surprised by or who just came to your expectations in the first place? I mean, it's it's pretty like for like, I think. That Den Donker played exactly how he did when he first got in the team. He was that third, he was that third midfielder. He he did the dirty work and he didn't do anything wrong. And that's all you, all you ever ask of him. It's just unfortunately, like we've already said, that he's the one who gets himself into these goal-scoring positions and he can't do it. Um, but if we ain't got anyone else to fucking have a go, then he's going to have to do everything himself. And I thought he played really well. And again, likewise, I mean, I you all mocked me as per usual when I said Lord Wang of the year. Because I mean, he, he saw that goal he scored for career in, over the summer. And I think, okay, he's got his mojo back. And then he was throwing himself on the ground pretending to be slapped in the face like with a wet fish. And now, from where bad. we were... From where we were, to be fair, it looked like there was contact because of the angle. But watching it again on, on the replays and on Twitter today, it's embarrassing. I mean, he, yeah. he should have a 10-game ban. It's, it's outrageous. Um, but yeah, he ran his socks off and he did really well. And It's just frustrating when you, you get performances like that from people that you're crying out for performances from and it, it all comes for nothing. And I thought... I thought Johnny and Johnny and Aitnuri kind of struggled with the, with being wing backs playing fullback in a competitive game for the first time, which is again, I suppose it's going to take a few weeks to kind of get get used to the new way. But yeah, positives are going to be them too uh, from an outstanding point of view. I thought Pedence as well. Pedence put himself about it, but it's the same thing with throwing himself around on the floor. It just cut it out. No need. Mm. Yeah, Blake. Any advance on any of them? Anybody else that you think you know had a good game that you want to um, you want to give a shout out to? Yeah, Neto did well, and I think that moving forward, he's sort of the type type of player who we're really going to need to step into his own this season. I mean, you really look at who we have up front, and there's just very little there. And we're going to talk about it here in a little bit. Our transfer options coming forward, but I've I've liked what Neto has done in the past, and I think he's starting to really come into it. So it'll be fun to see how he develops. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. We've got a comment back from uh, from GBE. Eight Nuri made sure he had the ball. So, got off the screen there. Made, eight Nuri made sure he had the ball. He made sure he was around the ball and really was dedicated to shine on it. Uh, well, he tried his hardest, but unfortunately, <laughs> didn't quite um, pan out. Adam, I'm gonna, I know you're the king of positive club, so I want you to flip it the other side. I want you to go in the upside down and tell me. <laughs> who stunk the game? Who stunk the joint out? Who did you? Who did you think should have had a better game and, and disappointed? Uh, yeah, the fullback struggled. So again, eight Nori. Yeah, for for the first one, I, I, I'm I'm placing the because I'm, because I'm placing the blame squarely at his shoulders. Um, but also because. I don't know. I just I didn't think he was up to his normal best. I mean, it's it's the first game, but you know, call it as it is. And I, I just don't think he was up to his usual levels. Um, same for same for Johnny. Um, I, I guess that's apart from that. I mean, yeah, Kilman was not his usual levels either. But yeah, he's got he's got a new central central uh, defensive partner now, so. Let's give that a few games for that relationship to nurture and, and, and bring the communication up. 
Um, Collins was fine for his first competitive game. I, I, you know, nothing. He didn't really do anything that stood out where you know I, I could pinpoint any sort of blame to him at all. Um, I can't really say Sar stunk because whilst he, he, he had pancake hands for the goal, he did make that good save later on. So it shows that you know he was back to back on form later on in the game. Um, which I was hoping that save would have kept us in the game for mm. us to go and get like a late equaliser. But um, yeah, it's a bit hard. It's a bit harsh in say that they're the stunk. But yeah, that's what the, the full backs really and and, and Kilman wasn't the, his usual king levels unfortunately mm. but yeah I can't, I can't say Huang Stunk I've got to be I, I, like as, as we said he, he actually I did put in the group chat actually but I thought it was poor but I, I retract that I do think that he, he was he was alright actually he's quite lively well I can't believe what I'm seeing here but we've got Hollywood royalty um, in the um, in the chat there Christopher Walken um, if keepers were switched, Wolves likely win this match. So to end on the um, on, on this game, Shu, do you agree? I know you've got some 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 thoughts about the Leeds goalkeeper. So <laughs> do you think that Wolves likely win this match um, as uh, Hollywood icon Christopher Walken seems to think? Yeah, I thought to, to be fair to Melia, I mean he was shit last year. <laughs> so there's no there's no two ways about it. He was even you go on the FP ref staff. <laughs> even he's, <laughs> Yeah, he say his saves percentages and all that kind of was way low. But to be fair, I thought I thought he'd bulked up yesterday. Just looking at him, he looked bigger. A bit like what happened to um De Gea when he first came over. He looked like he, he spent that the following preseason bulking up and not being so small. And I, I thought he did really well yesterday. I mean, fair fair mm. play to him. And yeah, he looked match fit, which is a difference. <laughs> yeah. One one last point actually, Blake. I'm gonna put this on you. Morgan Gibbs White. First game back for, for him as a start. I'm going to let you be the voice of the fan cast. You're going to be the one that's going to get the sound bite and the quotes and the and the quote tweets. Give us your uh, give us your reaction. You know, I know a lot of people have sort of slagged him off, but I didn't think he seemed that bad. Um, he certainly bulked up. Um, he, he's looking a lot thicker, obviously, but I don't know. I mean, I think we need to give him time to sort of play into this team i would say in the later stages of the match he seemed to be the only one who was actually giving any effort in especially after the 90 it seemed like he was the only one who was actually trying to get a, a, an equalizer that could be because everybody else is just dead tired and there's no substitution so they've just given up but i thought he was fine i mean i, I don't think that he was particularly great particularly poor he was just sort of there and i think we just need to give him some time to sort of get into the squad Granted, we may talk about whether or not we'll even get a chance to do that, but I, I think that he was just fine. Okay. The headline there, as it will read, uh, Blake, Morgan Gibbs-White is thick. Just, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it'll be fine. Uh, and so I think it's at that point now we're going to take um, a little break. Uh, and when we come back, we're going to talk transfers, transfer, transfers. There's been a few here we goes. There's been a few... Um, Rumours of the the going via uh, the Percy train, which pretty much means it's done and dusted as far as I'm concerned. So we're going to talk about that when we come back after this short break. <laughs> 
Hi, it's Richard from Wolves Fancast here. Just interrupting today's show before we get back to some question or opinions and opinionated questions to talk to you a little bit about our sponsors, Pixel Yeti Media. They are a design agency that put you and your business first from web design, logo and branding design and marketing. If you have any marketing needs, get in touch with them to find out how they can help you get it right. They are over at pixelyetimedia.com. Now let's get back to a show where we can give you some really forced wordplay, niche cultural references and maybe even a bit of football talk. Welcome back to Wolves Fancast on the 90 Min Network. Thank you very much to our sponsors, Pixel Yeti Media, as well for uh, helping support this fair channel. Um, just to mention the competition one uh, one final time, you have the opportunity to win a Wolves home shirt or a Wolves away shirt. All you have to do is follow the Wolves Fancast account and like the tweet on the Twitter page. Easy as that. And before the uh, Fulham home game, we will announce the winner. So give yourself an opportunity to win a home or an away shirt and uh, you can get your picture taken with the shirt and plastered all over social media for every one of the Twitter meltdowners to have a go at you, because I'm sure they will. (laughs) So let's talk transfers, because there has been a couple of massive pieces of news over the last three to four hours. Um, Where should we start? I'll tell you what, let's get the potentially negative out of the way, or positive, depending on um, which way you look at it. Captain Fantastic Connor Cody is on the verge of a move to the blue side of Liverpool. Um, surprisingly, it looks like a loan with potential obligation, depending on appearances, if that's to be believed. Ad, what was your initial thoughts when you saw that news? We'll get on to the kind of Twitter reaction to Cody after this, but what was your reaction when you heard the news in the first place? It's funny uh, how quickly loyalty changes in football, isn't it? You know, for like, or how things can change just so quickly. Like, obviously, for years, like he's, he's spoken of his love for the club. He loves coming in to train every day. He loves it, loves it, loves it. And then in the space of uh, a few weeks of pre-season, he's just he's, he's gone, discarded, like chucked on the pile. And, and obviously, he doesn't want to stay. He's, he's decided that he doesn't want to like hang around and either try and get in to a back four uh, or doesn't want to hang around and potentially just be a bit part player if we play a back five every now and then. Um, and that, <laughs> this World Cup place thing gets thrown about quite a lot. You know, you think oh, every player just wants to play anyway and, and then the World Cup thing is an excuse. I want to have my World Cup space. I want to have my World Cup space. But, Cody won't even play a single minute of the World Cup anyway, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he, he played every minute of every game for us and didn't even get a second at the Euros. And Southgate comes up with the usual media bollocks saying, oh, he was the most important squad member because of his leadership abilities, blah, blah, blah. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's just amazing that it goes, it, it, it changes so quickly. But I do find it a bit strange, like it says, oh, the, the club are uh, sort of bearing to the players' demands or what his will is. I'm like, well, we don't have to do that at all. We can just tell him you're still club captain. You're still you're still the captain and leader of the club. We just we're just trying something else for, for the time being. And it's it's leaving. So it's sort of strange that the fact that he's like the beating heart of the club. Uh, you know, future probably ten could looking at going on for ten years service, and now it's like, oh, I'm dropped. Okay, well, I, I want to go right now. Then I want to leave. 
going straight into go straight to Everton, which you know, is that really going to be the best move for him? Really, I don't know. Yeah, I, I think for a team that, in my opinion, will be fighting a relegation battle compared to a team that I don't think will be fighting a relegation battle in us, but we'll be middling around mid-table. It does seem a strange move. I get that he wants game time, um, but I don't know if Everton's the one. I'm sure another team like a Newcastle would have would have been in for him. Stu, obviously you were there at the game. Before the game, it was Cody's chance all over the place before um, before the start. Where do you think the fan base lies on this? Obviously, Twitter and it is the extremes of the fan base. Where do you think the, the, the fan base lie on this transfer? You know, let, let, let's assume it's done. Where, do, where does the fan base lie? It, you know what? It, it reminds me so much of the fact what, there was all new no chance at that last game against Man United after COVID as well. Um, when he, we knew he was going. So, it's... It, Yesterday seemed a lot like that for me. Everyone seemed to, when that's this kind of story broke yesterday morning, um, that it was possibly happening, and it seemed like a bit of a, a bit of a sort of kind of semi goodbye to me. And because we, we've had times, it's not, it's not get it right. I mean, we haven't had seven years of Cody being universally loved for his playing ability. There's been times where everyone has, has called, been calling for him to be dropped, and he's played himself back into form. Um, and when Nuno took him off as well <laughs> in that certain game. Um, I think amongst the sensible people who can see how things are at the club now, and he's not going to be playing in the back four because he can't do it, he's not good enough, then I think it's a kind of... I mean, no one's going to be dis- disrespecting him. No one. Because you can't. He's been... He's, he can, He might as well have his own banner, like, like John Terry as at Chelsea, captain leader legend, because that's exactly what he is at this club. And he has been ever since, well, especially since Nuno came in. But it's just time to move on. He's, <laughs> it's just one of these things. He's not going to play. Like, like the comment just popped up there on the screen for the uh, audio listeners. If this wasn't a World Cup year, I don't think this would be happening either. And I think mm. this is the, the main thing, that he'd, he'd stay and fight for his place. He knows he's not going to play. And now, what do we get? If we do play in a back five, who comes in? Totti Gomez and Kilman's the one in the middle? Well, fair enough. I mean, Cody's at Cody's age, he's nearly 30. He can't play in, a, in what seems to be her uh, dominant um, formation now. Or the only problem is that Scott Sellers is clearly thick and there's something clearly wrong with his mind because sending your club captain on loan to a Premier League rival is the most stupid fucking thing I've ever heard in my entire life. It's just it's just ridiculous. I could understand if it was an obligation to buy for like twenty million next summer, if Everton need to kick the kick the money down the down the road for six months or whatever. Fine, I understand that. But to put in a clause based on appearances and them not being fucking shit and getting relegated is ridiculous. Mm. It it doesn't make any sense at all. And you can't be bowing down to players when it's the club first, club over players every day of the week. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. We had this with Troy already, didn't we? Like, yeah. And it's repeating itself all over again. We're going to loan out a player who potentially could come back to us 12 months later. That's another 12 months of his contract with us gone. His value could have depreciated. Uh, Everton could go down still and he comes back to us anyway. He doesn't, he doesn't make the requisite appearances, whatever. It's just, it's just sellers being dumb again. Again. 
And again, um, Blake, I want to ask you this question. Um, in the absence of Cody, um, the armband presumably would go to um, Neves unless we had a mad Sam Ricketts scenario. Um, are we missing locker room leaders? Is, is there enough in that squad that can get us out of a tight spot when form's going out of the way, can drag the team out and motivate? Uh, have we got enough locker room leaders? I think so. I mean, I love Cody, don't get me wrong, but I don't. I wouldn't necessarily put the entirety of the team on his shoulders. And I, I think that we are going to struggle at the back if we get rid of Cody. I mean, that's the thing. Um, I think without Cody, we are going to concede more than one goal every few games. I mean, I think there was a span last season where we went like eight or so games where we either conceded zero or one goal every single game. And I think without Cody, we're going to really, really struggle to be sound at the back. That, I think, is the main problem. For me, it's not necessarily that of leadership. I think we have enough leaders in Matinho, Neves, so on and so forth, especially if we're keeping those players. But I, I just I struggle to see where we're going to fill in the gaps at the back if we get rid of Cody. But can we just say, though, Cody was part of the team every week in the last four months of last season when we seem to lose every week. Well, this <laughs> and, is true. Yeah. And get consistent, well, not constantly battered, but quite a few goals shift <laughs> after after February onwards. He was part of that team as captain in the middle of defence, and we were awful. So, mm. just to balance it off, I think I, I I don't think the move is necessarily the worst, but the fact that it seems to be heavily leaned in Everton's favour is the thing that pisses the majority of people mm -hmm. off. You know, I think from from purely from Cody's point of view, we as as fans understand the club has to come first for us. But I think there's enough mutual respect there between the fan base and Cody that if he needs game time, he knows he's not going to get it. He pretty much moves on with the fan base's blessing, I think. Um, but it's the way in which the transfer is suggested. It's it, it's going. I say transfer. The loan is going. That is winding people up. Um, well, let's move on to the positive uh, mentioned a little bit earlier um, in one of the comments um, here. Uh, Guidas, I believe it's pronounced. I might have butchered that. So if there are any genuine Portuguese um, native speakers on this uh, stream, please give me a, a pronunciation guide. Uh, it looks like that is done and dusted. Um, the forward looks to be coming to us. The main two sources of information who I stand by, um, Percy and uh, Fabrizio, have, have given the news. Um what do we think about this signing? Ad obviously is not a prolific goal scorer, but he is a menace and can play pretty much anywhere in that forward line. It's exactly what we need in terms of bodies, but is it the right body when we need an out-and-out -out striker? I mean, uh, this guy has been linked with us for how long now? You just if any any if any like journalist wants to like. Um, <laughs> Need, like their, their boss needs a few column inches. They just put balls and geeds, that's his name, together. There you go, put that in. Uh, but it looks like we're finally getting our, our man, it seems, eventually. Um, he, he doesn't appear prolific from, from what I've seen, but um, the the video that the, the fan cast Twitter account put out earlier shows that he does have a foot-like attraction engine and uh, he, he can score a few thrikers. So I'm, I'm all for that. Um where he fits in, well, I suppose he might fit in to Gibbs White's place the way the way it's going. If that's if he's on his way out, which 
doesn't do anything for our squad strength because that's just one in one out. So that's that's another issue. But yeah, it, it, it's it's one that we've long a player we've long been linked with. Uh, he seems exciting. Um, I know he's, he's in the Portuguese national team quite a lot, so he's obviously he's up to relevant high standard. Um, I wouldn't. I'm not sure if, if he's a direct threat to Jimenez's spot in the team. So I suggest he'd be out on in the wider positions. But hey, look, at least it's at least it's an incoming for us to get excited about. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if we ever, if we ever go down the lines of playing four four fucking two, then it's, it's potentially an option um, as well. Um, if the Morgan Gibbs White rumor is to be true, and he's looking around something like forty five million, which seems an absolute steal. Not steal, but from it's that's a, a huge sum of money. Um, and, and this transfer looks to be considerably less than that. That that pays for Huang Tu, who's coming in the Empire Strikes Back. Um, but Blake, from your from your point of view, forgetting the fact that we probably need a striker, it's got to be a positive that we're bringing a forward that isn't going to be loaned out to grasshoppers and someone that is <laughs> scoring goals in his league. And um, it's got to be a positive. Yeah, I mean, we need fresh blood. I mean, we need someone who can jump into the first team, and it seems like he's going to be able to do that, regardless of whether or not he's going to be that clinical striker that I think we've all wanted after Jimenez's injury. But uh, like you said, it's just we need bodies, and it's a body. So it's something to at least be excited about. We'll see if it works out. But for now, at least there's some excitement. Absolutely. Stu, obviously... Wolves have overstocked on shirts because we've already had a 15% off sale. Will you be getting a shirt with uh, Gides on the back if he if he bangs a hat-trick in on, uh, on his first appearance? I mean, the fact that I've spent the last four years saying, please don't do this. <laughs> um, no. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, last season, I mean, 11 goals, 6 assists in 36 games is very, it's decent. And we can't, we can't deny that. I mean, his goal-scoring ratio before then and his assists, he's... <laughs> I tried to describe him earlier is he reminded me of the last six months of Jota where he was so inconsistent mm. that he really, really annoyed me. But over the last six years that I've, I've seen the kid, but he's mid twenties. Now he seems to have found his rhythm last year. Jimenez didn't have a great goal scoring record before he came in, did he? So, and he, the, whenever I've seen yeah. him for, especially for the under 21s a few years ago um, and for Portugal, he, he seems to play in that exact same position as Gibbs White on as a, right-sided forward so he's more of a he's more of a forward than a striker he's something different and he's actually actually signing someone who's an actual proven star <laughs> rather mm. than someone's up and coming which we haven't done for a, maybe since Matinho and Patricio yeah. so everything I've said in the past just forget it because it's it's something new it's it's something new to be angry about no trial race hopefully not going to play but I'm excited. If, if if this goes through, I'd rather have him, someone with new blood coming in, than Morgan Gibbs-White having this monkey on his back that he's had for years here, for whatever mad reason. We get silly silly money for him. I mean, that's what it is. I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous money for him with two years left on his contract um, from Forrest to fund fund Gades, Gides, whatever. Um, Huang Tu and maybe then someone else as well. Because we do, like we've all said, I mean, we might as well just put bodies as the title of this episode because that's that's all we've talked about. Mm. Um, we need the money in. If Gibbs White going and him replacing him, and then that bringing two others in, 
Selby, I'm, I'm, as the days progressed, I'm more excited now than I was this morning, put it that way. There we go. Um, one of the things, unfortunately, is only a rumour. And uh, what was that? What did that kid say? I don't deal in rumours, I deal in absolutes. But um, what's happened with the Batshuayi deal? That one that did the did the rumour mill a few um, a few days ago. Seemingly on the surface, it, it you know it would be a loan for a, for a striker that we know can score goals, but that's gone quiet. So we await we await to see that. Let's say um, Gidis goes through, but let's say that Morgan gives White goes. Where else do we need to strengthen, man? We still, you know what, we still need that dynamic midfielder, someone that breaks the midfield to get forward. But I mean, <laughs> just read, just read that out from Paul, twenty twenty eleven. Forty million. Forty. Comment through from uh, Paul. Forty million for Gibbs White. He's like paying a grand for a Fredo. <laughs> <laughs> He must have a a crystal ball to the future. I'd like to say this 40 million will be structured. Uh, It could be uh, 20 plus the the other half if uh, Forrest wins four Champions Leagues on the trot. But um, (laughs) yeah, we we still need like a dynamic midfielder uh, and we absolutely still do need another striker. I've also noticed that this Batshuayi thing has gone a bit cold. Um, I think it was it Football Daily originally tweeted it out to like basically affiliate. They're like Sky, aren't they? Basically, for the Football Daily, pretty much. So I had high hopes for that one that this was, you know, going to be an incoming pretty soon. But that's just gone quiet. Um, you look at the squad. I mean, defense is we've got enough bodies there now. Midfield. I mean, we've got the three that will play. The Dendon, Neves, Matinho, and then after that, it's the children behind them, <laughs> like, like the Ronans and Hodges of the world, and what have you, and the Kundals. And then up front, you know, we've had we've got lots of options to be fair, you know, across the places. Obviously, Gibbs White's going out, Gibbs coming in, but it's the striker position, an actual striker in there. So we've got Jimenez, he's already out for a bit, so we need an actual striker. striker, striker, not like Gibbs, who's one of these forwards that can play maybe like can play across the line. We still do need a dependable striker. So yeah, for me, like a dynamic midfielder and a striker at minimum, mi- bare bare minimum. Mm. That is at a bare minimum. Absolutely right. Um, before we go to um, Twitter corner, um, Blake Morgan Gibbs White for the money that's being offered, forty million. <sighs> it's it's one of those. It seems like a long time coming when you're offered that amount of money with the kind of checkered history that he's got and the pressure on his shoulders from 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 coming back off a really successful loan spell do you just bite the bullet with this one if you if if you're in that hot seat and you're offered 40 million pounds for him do you let him go i think you have to i really do think you have to if they're going to pay that stupid money for him i don't think you can keep him the problem is we're we're going to need to bring somebody in if that happens and good luck with that it's a problem. It's the problem. I think, like, you know, we're coming into how long's left of the transfer window? Three weeks now. Whatever player comes in in his place, because we'll need to backfill, because bringing one for one doesn't solve any of our problems. They've got to come in, they've got to adapt, they're not having a pre season. So it's, it's leaving us in a position where uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the answer is, really. But 
tell us in the comments if you if you think it's the right move or not um and give me an opportunity to get uh twitter corner uh on the go um so uh, go on go on Stu, sorry so you might you might see though with this if the get thing comes through and gibbs white leaves you might see it more as a more as a four four fucking two <laughs> because then you wouldn't need the excessive midfielders would you because we've got mm -hmm. then duncan as we've said we don't know how many is out for but we're kind of overstocked in that kind of number 10 slash forward slash winger department. So yep. if we've got someone like him coming in who can play up front, then maybe we do go for like one off one or or a front two as a front two. So maybe that's the, the kind of thinking behind it. We've we've played four, two, three, one all preseason, mainly at a necessity because we ain't got anyone else. I mean, Connor Ronan is 24 years old now. <laughs> he can't be part of the children. Um <laughs> even if it's, it's an prefect. Yeah, 120. I mean, he's, he's like Screech, eh? he just never leaves. It's like 100 and, 120 odd professional games. If he doesn't play now, if he doesn't get a chance now, I mean, I, when we heard about Matinho yesterday, I did think that he might have a chance. Um, he's going to have to feature at least in the cup games. So maybe that's the thinking that we go with four in the middle. I don't know. Do you know what? If we played 4 yeah. 4 2, a right. great. That would be like your left winger potentially. He would have to be our right winger. Would we like convert like Samedo or something to a right winger? Well, like Darren Paisley style. <laughs> yeah, I just don't, we, we, I don't think we have had anyone who fit that particular position as it stands right now. It would be square peg and round mm. all time, wouldn't it? Mm. It would. Um, it was a great. There was a great point there from from Dean. If you factor in the Hoover nonsense, it's more than what we got for Jota. Which is um, just bizarre. Um, but it is. But listen, if someone wants to pay that money, let them do it. We, um, we're we in a position where that money, if it is reinvested, and that's the big point, if it's reinvested, that subtract the difference for um, for any for the incomings that we already think is, is going to go ahead. If it's reinvested, I think it's, I just think it's the right move. But here we go. So a few of you have been uh, in touch on Twitter corner. We're going to read out the best ones here just to wrap things up. Um, Commonwealth themed one here from uh, Andrew Wright. Which Wolves player would you back to get a medal in the Commonwealth Games? You can choose the event, but Adama in any form of running discipline is not allowed. So um, who do you think would almost certainly win a, uh, a medal in the uh, Commonwealth Games? Let's... Um, Let's, let's get Huang out of the way for, for his dive again for, for Leeds yesterday, <laughs> as Leeds fans would have you believe. So who else do we think is um, he's winning a medal in the Commonwealth Games and for what sport? I mean, Jose Sarr for the javelin, clearly because of his long throw. Easy. That's a great shout. Very good shout. Yeah. Any more for any more? Based on the post-match, Lodge wants a chance at boxing, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> that he does. <laughs> That he does. Uh, I like that though. I like that fire. I like seeing that. Um, you know, as long as he doesn't end in fifty cuffs and a touchline ban, I like seeing a bit of fire from him. Something that about uh, given how cultured uh, Neves and possibly Matinho is, uh, they could probably strike gold in the lawn bowls event. They just seem to be <laughs> cultured fellows, and that I don't know. I, I didn't even realise until this this Commonwealth Games that lawn bowls was actually an event. Is Barry from EastEnders singing the theme tune to the Lawn Bells? Oh, she was. That's a spot. I'm going to do it anyway. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'm fairly certain this is a troll, if not a bot. However, um, Leeds looked like a bottom three side. What does this say about Wolves? 
Well, he says we can't score against the worst teams in the league. That's what he says. I mean, Leeds, Leeds are going to be down there again. I don't think they're kind of relegation troublers. I think they'll be like 16th, 14th to 16th, that kind of lower mid-table space. Um, it just says everything about it, that we had the chances, we had more the possession, and we just can't score. Mm-hmm. The same old story. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and finally, uh, Stephen Wellings. I'm going to, it's more of a statement than a question, but I want to get your opinion on it. Is the 45 million for eight Nuri deal that everybody talks about from Man City slash PSG still on? And when can we get the money? Um, so I'll turn that around. Is it too early to be reactionary and write eight Nuri off as a fullback in this system with four at the back? What do you think, Blake? No, no, give it more time. I mean, he impressed me a bit last year. I think he'll, he'll, I don't know whether or not he'll come into it, but look, we, we've got too few players, and as things stand, even though even if they're terrible, we kind of have to keep them. Unless someone like Nottingham Forest is going to come in and throw stupid money at it, <laughs> then there's just nothing we can really do. Yeah, well, I don't know when Forest came. You know, they came with this poor cap in hand Forest that every, were media darlings, and all of a sudden they're becoming the next leads that everybody hates. Um, because of kind of the, the money they're throwing out in the Jesse Lingard situation and everything else. Um, what a bit more, um, uh, well, slightly breaking transfer news. No one's yes, gonna, I do. I'm sure, I'm sure you would. But um, uh, Liam Keynes just said that um, we've just rejected a season-long loan offer from an Italian Serie A club for Totti Gomez. <laughs> so cool. <laughs> it could have could have been another one at the door, but um, that door has been shut. And it's going to play for the 21s tomorrow, apparently. Okay, interesting. So the, it looks like the rumour mill and the uh, and the transfer activity is hotting up. Stu, have the have the last word on um, on Aitnuri. You're obviously very uh, measured and calculated in your opinion, not one to go off the rails dramatically. So you have the final say. I like him. He's he's still really young and he's playing in a different formation with different people around him. <laughs> And these things take time. Just because he's had, he had one one bad game, I mean, we were talking about it in the group chat, weren't we? About the, the ridiculous money that Cucurella went for. You're thinking, well, if he's gone for that, then Nate Nuru can't be far behind. And oh, we'll sell him for sixty million next summer, and that will pay for our, our next transfer adventure. And then one game later, he, oh shit, let's sell him the first opportunity. It's like, come on, he's he's a kid. He's going to have bad games. That's the way it is. Just leave mm-hmm. him alone. Yeah, I, th- I think it's way too quick to write the lad off. Um, question for me, though, when Samado's fit, would you prefer Johnny to move out to the left and Samado on the right? Uh, uh, Samado comes straight back and he, he's played in the back four. He is a right back more than mm. a wing back. So I think you just assess it with the form of Aitneri at the time. If, he's, if he carries on dropping bollocks and not kind of performing that, that well, then I think you do switch it over. Samedo's number one starts at right back for me straight away. Yep, absolutely. Right, I think we'll wrap it up there. Thank you, everybody, for listening to this, whether it be live on YouTube or Twitter or Facebook or whether that is in audio form and you're listening to this as a podcast. We really appreciate having you with us. Uh, Please, please, please like, follow, subscribe. It really helps support us getting content out there. Obviously, we have Fulling coming up and we will have a preview show later in the week. So make sure your notification bell 
is switched on also to make sure you get all of the latest news, tweets, everything that the Wolves fancast put out there. Um, thank you very much to our sponsors, Pixel Yeti Media, 90 Min Network and the Sports Shop Kings Winford as well. Um, thank you, gentlemen, very much for keeping me company today. Ad, for some reason, you look like you're in one of those 999 um, reconstructive things at the moment, reconstructions <laughs> at the moment, but we appreciate having you here in the dark as well. Um, it's been a pleasure to speak to you guys and uh, for everybody at home, thank you very much. And um, once again, if you uh, if you follow the Wolves Fancast Twitter page and you find the tweet about the shirt, You've got an opportunity to win a either free home or an away shirt. So for now, Stu, if you want to say goodbye. Goodbye, everyone. Blake, if you'd like to say goodbye. See ya. And Ad, if you would like to say goodbye. Goodbye, all. Keep the faith. And keep the faith, indeed. And for me, Matt, look after your friends, check in on them, and hope you have a great week. Ciao for now. <laughs> it would be a wolf's fun, eh? I'm going for